Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to the State of the Economy podcast. I'm Jyoti Datta. It's that time of the year when the budget is presented, and in an election year, as we understand, it'll be an interim one. But unlike several developed countries where health features prominently on the election agenda, that's not quite the case here. But that said, health is important to us citizens of the country, and for that reason, we try to lay out here the backdrop against which the interim budget is presented, especially in terms of healthcare and pharmaceuticals. And to do and to do that, we have with us Ms. Suchi Ray, partner with Deloitte, and whose expertise includes sectors like life sciences and healthcare tax practice. Thank you, Ms. Ray, for being here with us. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So, while not trying to second guess the budget, but in a broad sense, do you think an election year means that sectors like health, for instance, could see an increased spending, especially in terms of the health insurance, the Ayushman Bharat program? So, uh, considering that whatever uh, steps that have been taken by the government in last uh, few years. especially whether you see it from the digital perspective where uh, ayushman bharat digital missions and jeevni some of the national health stack etc that those kind of schemes have been introduced along with the manufacturing sector from pli and now recently rnd incentives in uh, from prip scheme that has uh, uh, been introduced considering that uh, it is very clear that uh, all healthcare sector and healthcare is definitely one of the most important agenda in the minds of the government and therefore uh, we believe that there is going to be uh, uh, an allocation a good allocation to healthcare sector also even in this year also as well uh, i believe but uh, uh, you know considering that uh, still our uh, uh, spending is just about 2.1% of gdp which is definitely lower than the spending that we have in the developed countries i think if we are able to cross that parameter where we are able to also demonstrate to the world that we are able to spend more now in the healthcare i think that's that's that that's the expectation and uh, uh, let's let's see whether we are able to the government is able to meet that expectation or not true in fact that was uh, something that i was going to ask you about because for the longest of time we've been talking about 2.5% of gdp and we are kind of inching there but um, would an election be a reasonable trigger to see any sort of um, you know hike on that right so yes definitely i think this is one of the uh, uh, areas which the government is able to clearly demonstrate that they do take care of everyone and as such they have been able to issue a lot of schemes around it not only keeping the companies in perspective but also keeping public at large in perspective like you know 10 years before possibly no one would have thought of something like ayushman bharat no one would have thought of some health insurance coverage which we are now seeing that even in the rural areas where people were unable to spend uh, uh, money on healthcare they are able to now they have the access and they are able to with all these digital cards etc they are able to use those facilities possibly still a large chunk is left to left unattended but maybe i think so lot of money which can be spent on the infrastructure and awareness of of such kind of schemes i think that's that's really going to be the key so that the schemes that have been issued they really get implemented and if the allocation is made towards those kind of policies i think that that's that's that will really help and i strongly believe that the government is definitely taking care of this sector even the recently 
the R&D incentive schemes, the, the, the PRIP scheme that has been issued. So the, the idea is that I don't make healthcare only accessible, but I also then go towards innovation. Right. We will come to the tax shops that you've spoken about. Uh, just one other scheme that I wanted to ask you about is the Jan Ausha, the uh, network of you know, uh, medicine shops which give uh, medicines and some, you know, uh, devices and uh, at a lower cost. So do you, do you see any sort of a ramp up there? See, that one definitely, I think uh, Jan Oshadhi has, uh, has been ramped up and to, uh, why is it happening? See, the, the uh, you know, still our, uh, a large chunk of the population still, you know, stays in, uh, they, they stay in villages and therefore, accessibility to the right medicines is something which is the key towards healthcare. Now to address accessibility, they need to have such kind of shops in, you know, in, in, in every nook and corner of the country and in the remotest part of the, uh, uh, of the countries. Now, if you really see the consultancy can actually be managed through telemedicine and technology, but the availability of medicine has to be it has to be done only through that these kind of schemes and then obviously the affordability as well so keeping that in perspective i think you know the the key lies if we are really talking about accessibility the key lies in uh, making the things available through these kind of uh, schemes right so you did mention innovation here and there have you know there's been talk about the research and development policy they've been um, in terms of tax shops, um, you know, what is the kind of support you think the pharma industry would require? Um, you know, you'll have made some listings out there in your expectations, but what yeah. do you think the pharma industry would look forward to? Right, right. So, uh, see, one um, important thing, so I'll put possibly put it, uh, some of them are pertaining to GST and some of them are pertaining to plain uh, simple direct tax. Uh, now, if you see that, you know, there has been uh, uh, a discussion on and there has been a reg, uh, prohibition on uh, accepting gifts and certain benefits or payments which are given from pharmaceutical companies and allied healthcare industries uh, under MCI regulations. And then there have been recent amendments which actually disallow such expenses incurred by pharmaceutical companies. Now, in that particular aspect, uh, what has happened is that even the very legitimate expenditure or the expenditure which is actually very much required from a business perspective, you know, something like where uh, the conferences or the sponsorship of third party educational activities, which is like seminars and workshops and even like something like very low value brand reminders. Somewhere, most of those things are actually required very, very specifically for this industry and business. And uh, um, and we know that, you know, if, if we are able to uh, clearly educate the medical practitioners, they are going to be, you know, staying ahead of the medical advancements and they will be actively engaging with the pharmaceutical companies to then, you know, sometimes these forums also help you to actually provide platform where one exchanges the perspectives. Now, completely disallowing uh, this particular thing is something which I feel that, you know, is somewhere... Uh, uh, not really regarding the requirement of the industry. I think that's something which we are expecting that some level of clarity is given so that we are creating an environment of collaboration between medical professionals and pharmaceutical entities, which, which ultimately aims at uh, uh, increasing the knowledge exchange. And, uh, you know, that somewhere reduces uh, 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 the regulatory entrances which we are currently uh, observing. So that's one. 
second i think uh, from uh, uh, r&d perspective uh, how much ever you know we have reduced the tax rate or big the companies are now uh, are able to claim some concessional tax regimes etc also because there are uh, laws per prevail, uh, uh, prevalent in tax laws for that uh, i still believe that if we have to continue to incentivize the companies for doing more and more r&d uh, it does require some special uh, focus on that and therefore the the things that like we used to have the weighted deduction on r&d etc will definitely enhance the expenditure on r&d while government has the issued prep scheme and uh, uh, you know that the draft r&d policy actually spoke a lot about certain uh, tax benefits but i think currently what is there in implementation is is uh, little less and as we say that yes we have been the pharmacy of the world from manufacturing perspective making the and we have been able to prove enough of that during covid times the important aspect is that are we also now able to create our image from r and d perspective in pharmaceutical that yes we can be the innovation hub and we we can not only be the innovation hub from by doing the contract research and development uh, development but also our own innovative drugs so i think you know that is something which which i definitely will expect the government to to focus upon and and give uh, uh, certain allocations towards that uh, from gst perspective i think you know there have been a few asks like uh, api is attract which is uh, uh, an 18% gst and the formulations attract around 5% uh so therefore i think you know the the ask has been that generally uh, the supply chain for the pharma industry could be at a lower rate of 12% to effectively uh, you know address the credit accumulation that happens because of the difference in uh, in the rates uh the other is that uh, you know when you look at the diagnostic industry of uh, of india they heavily rely on the imports and that is also something which has been uh, you know the ask that to be rationalized the import tariffs on the healthcare products so that it does strengthen the healthcare sector it has happened in bits and pieces but not really with a with a very uh, strong focus uh, again i think that also helps in uh, uh, making the such kind of things reach the mass consumers at an affordable price other than that obviously there has been an ask on the hospitals you know input credit and all uh, right. so let's see if some of those things are again taken care of in this budget or not um, that has not been that much in agenda possibly that does not seem to be that much priority but uh, uh, i think if given that that's really going to be a good boon because a lot of cash gets trapped there yeah right so i mean you you uh, you know outlined several of these uh, issues that face the pharma industry for instance um the whole uh, free samples issue i think it's been uh, you know sort of kicking up quite a discussion um and and the whole uh, you know com the code for marketing and all of that which still continues to remain uh, voluntary in that sense so that that one needs to see how that will be uh, addressed in terms of the anomaly which you pointed out between the active pharmaceutical the bulk drugs uh, getting 18% of uh, gst and um, it being at 12 and 5 for the formulations or the finished medicine how does this impact the industry how does this misalignment uh, impact the industry if you can just explain briefly yeah so basically what happens that when you are at, uh, when you are uh, importing api so then there is and when you are selling when you are selling then you are selling something which is uh, you know which is uh, uh, at a lower rate which is 12% and 5% so the gst credit which you are able to uh, claim uh, that is less right because what you are selling is at a lower rate but what you paid was more 
so then what happens that there is a credit accumulation that keeps on you know keeps on getting generated in your books of accounts and then what happens is that then that basically impacts the working capital because you are able to claim the credit when you are also selling the goods at a similar price right so then your input price and your output price is going to be similar but if you are not able to if your put price is more and your output rate is less you are not able to take the benefit of the credit that 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 you have actually paid so that leads to more uh, uh, credit accumulation and then obviously you know we call it as a cash trapped because then it's somewhere impacting your working capital also and then the idea is that okay one can also obtain refund but then you know it's an extra effort that one has to really put in to do that and then obviously then it's a i will say that it's an administrative machinery of the government also is really being used for something which could be addressed just by making this change absolutely yeah so in terms of hospitals uh, mr uh, you did allude to that but any key um, you know points that you think uh, need to be um, you know addressed if it would be in the interim budget at all i think um, uh, a few other things which we believe which are very strong or not only pertaining to tax you know but overall i think one is that you know how can we enhance the health insurance coverage uh still we believe while you know this is something which now people are being aware of health insurance and especially i think covid has really accelerated the awareness and the technology implementation also but important is that you know whether we are able to um, uh, make the health insurance make available to everyone uh, it will take time but if we are able to clearly have certain policies around health insurance coverage whether you know we tie up with some health insurance company we kind of you know do little bit on the government and health insurance company partnership or maybe giving them some tax benefits which ulti or some incentives which which help them in making the health insurance uh, coverage uh, increase so that that's definitely one aspect uh, and that actually it, it's going to be very beneficial because the moment you have health insurance people will actually wanted to avail more and more of medical facilities because it's going to be affordable to them automatically the hospitals will have uh, you know they, they will be able to see uh, more uh, uh, return or investments or at least the occupancy you know even in some of the rural or mid tier cities where possibly there could be less of uh, hospitals or people may not be able to use the facilities as of now so it's a it's like a backward chain and if you kind of you create that demand automatically the rest of the things will pop fall in place so that's one uh, second is that uh, uh, see there is uh, there is an upskilling which is required today if we see there is a lot of shortage of uh, 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 physical health practitioners and uh, you know when we talk about nurses or lab technicians and all um, my, uh, we understand that you know as per rural health survey 21 there was a 24% shortage of pharmacists 20 42% shortage of lab technicians and 17% shortage of nursing staff so the question is that you know how do we really bridge this gap and therefore while you know there have been uh, uh, schemes around community health centers sub centers and uh, and also uh, you know there have been this midwives uh, concept and social health activities etc but the the thing is that you know how how do we still bridge that gap to ensure that the awareness and accessibility both are reaching to the uh, to to the last leg of uh, of the population um yeah rnd we spoke and uh, yeah so i think yeah the other thing is that you know technology is something which can really make a big change obviously there's been lot of focus on digitalization in healthcare sector also the companies are using uh, digitalization even uh, 
for identifying the diseases. They are using AIs now for identifying the disease also and uh, uh, remotely as well. Uh, and therefore, uh, how do we use that infrastructure or how do we use technology to then make the uh, uh, things available to again public at large? So, so that that's really going to be the key. Right, absolutely. A lot to be uh, spoken of, whether it's in terms of the digitalization or, uh, you know, skilling and of course the spending. One final question, I mean, I'm not sure this get, gets addressed uh, in the budget, but um, it's something that you all have pointed out earlier as well in terms of separate regulators for drugs and medical devices. You think that's that's a key uh, requirement for the industry to be able to streamline and grow? Right. So, um, see, there has been uh, uh, a discussion, and and obviously recently also, I think the you know there there has been uh, uh, a discussion on whether we can need to have the one regulator which is uh, helping us, uh, uh, you know, the centralization. So centralization is always going to help because it just demonstrates that you know we are not really going. Uh, the the investor is not really going and following some ten or ten windows, but it is helping the investor to quickly invest and kickstart. So definitely, I think from that perspective, single window, single regulatory window for any industry, including pharmaceutical and medical devices is always going to be an, an important aspect. And, and definitely, I think that's recommended. There has been, in fact, you know, discussions within the government. We, you know, there has been, uh, uh, they are in the process of issuing that as well. That's my understanding. But all I can tell you, Jyoti, what I have seen is that, um, the if you see last three years also, not that everything in pharmaceutical and life sciences has been coming purely in the budget. There is a lot that actually happens all through the year. So, you know, while budget is one where the allocations happen, and we definitely want more allocations to happen to the healthcare sector and licenses sector. But more important is that we cannot just see that the what gets announced in the budget is what actually happens all through the year. There's a lot which happens actually all through the year. Every second month, there is something which is being announced by the government, which is very, very heartening. And therefore, I very strongly believe that the sector is definitely on the minds of the government. That's a good note to end on. And I agree with you there. There's just been a lot of initiatives that have been started and you know, uh, we hope to see more traction on that as, uh, you know, in the months that uh, that ends you. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Ray, for your time and insights. With that, we bring this conversation to an end from the Business Line team and myself. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Pleasure was mine. Thank you very much. <laughs>